0: Well, here we go. The book of Shamos, the book of our Exodus. The story of Exodus is known as the uh, birth of the Jewish people. And uh, we get introduced almost immediately to uh, the star of, I guess you'd say, the rest of the Torah, the Torah, the Bible. Moshe. Moses. And we get the, the main storyline of what went on in Egypt. So, a lot to learn, and here it goes. So, Pharaoh, Pharaoh had a problem on his hands. He had, um, the, uh, he had uh, the Jewish problem. A problem that many people had. Uh, have had it's not really a problem, but unfortunately, the problem that he was uh, he didn't, was not happy that uh, the Jews um, were um, prospering and doing well, and he um, says very clearly, unlike other anti-Semites, he says, "I am nervous that they will take over." He said, "Let's squash them, kill them, um, and make sure that they won't be successful." So he calls together. His uh, his, uh, wise men, three famous people. One is Billam, the famous Billam, who's known as the... uh, He will be infamously known later as a, a, a true prophet, but a very evil person. And he gives advice. He says, squash him, kill him, enslave him, and... There was another famous person named Eov, Job. Job, uh, um, then, um, uh, and Job was um, uh, a, a, a person who was famously known for suffering the rest of his life. And he, the reason our, the Talmud says that he suffered was because he was quiet. Um, he uh, he didn't say anything. And this is something which we have a lot to learn from. The Talmud and Sota says that um, the, the reason why he suffered the rest of his life was because he didn't say anything. And a lot of commentators ask over here, and they say, one second, Ferro was not anti-Semite. You think he really would have dissuaded Paro once he had at least he had the advice of Billam, who was a very prestigious person in his own right, do you think that he really would have mattered if he said something? And the Brisker of Rabbi Soloveitchik says an amazing idea, a very profound idea about how we deal with other people. And he said that, you know what? It's true. It wouldn't have accomplished anything. Um, And but when when something bothers you, and when you're in pain, and you feel someone else's pain, you can't you can't control yourself, and you just you say something. And if he, and if he cared enough, or he cared at all, and he heard this story, what was going to happen? He would have said something. And that is a profound lesson that we have about how we're supposed to feel about other people and and care about them. The famous story with the uh, the Magad of Jerusalem. He passed away, I think, about 20, 25 years ago. His name was Rabbi Shalom Shavadran. And he was once sitting in his um, in his apartment. And he hears a child outside, fell and was crying. So he, he's, he's one of the leading rabbis in Jerusalem. But he cares, goes outside, and he sees the kid maybe needs some stitches. He starts walking him down the road to the doctor. And this woman walks by and she, you know, uh, empathetically looks at Rabbi Shvadron, assuming he was like taking his grandchild, and says, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, God will take care. Now the woman passed about 50 feet, and she takes an about face, and she's like, oh my gosh, that's my grandson. And she goes all hysterical about it. Why? (laughs) Because... It's, 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 most people natural they're gonna they're gonna have a certain affinity and caring for their children and grandchildren and um, you don't say when you have that pain you don't just of course you should believe in God of course everything's gonna be okay but you don't usually say ha, are very even killed about it and that was what we learned from Absho and we learned from this story that if some that how much we're supposed to care for other people even if sometimes we can't do anything, Okay, continuing along, um, verse 17, the story continues, Uh, Pharaoh is very nervous, his stargazers tell him that there's going to be a child born to the Jewish people who's going to uh, free them, and he will have nothing of it, and what does he do? He orders the the nurses, the midwives, that all uh, Jewish baby boys should be "quote unquote" die in childbirth. They should uh, they should uh, "quote unquote" pretend that uh, that the baby was a stillborn and kill the child. And these women who were in charge were none other than Moshe's mother Yocheved, and Moshe's sister Pua Shifra and Pua Shifra and and Miriam. And the verse says over here that of course they did not listen. And it says that the um, midwives, the nurses, they feared Hashem and they did not listen to what uh, Pharaoh said to, to not allow the children to live. And and they lived. So Reb Chasman says an interesting thing here. You know, could have said they commanded... Pharaoh commanded them to kill the kids, and um, then he would have just, yeah, um, uh, they would, would have said that they didn't listen, which would have been reasonable. It's not easy, but you know, you know, they probably uh, cared about the Jewish people, and they didn't want to be um, murderers, and um, and uh, that's why. But that points Sarah Leib Chassman. That the Torah is telling us something very, very, I would say, very practical in 2021. It says that what was the cause of what? It said that the Jew, the woman feared God and they did not listen. So Rabbi Hasman says that it was an extreme pressure. They could have had so many excuses to say, look, you know, Pharaoh would kill us or they're going to die anyway. And what gave them the strength and the motivation and the ability to really keep to the appropriate behavior of, of not only not killing the babies, but actually being proactively involved in, in saving them, um, was the fact that they that they had that, that relationship and awe um, from God. And this is a very helpful tool. A lot of times, person could think, well, I, you know, I could just be a good person, and I'll deal with the challenges in life. And I don't necessarily need to look in the Torah. I don't need the guidance from God how to deal with many of the challenges in life, especially dealing with family and friends and business. And the Torah is telling us that no, human beings were created, that life is complicated, and life has lots of pressures and nuances and biases. And the way, the way to stay true and to stay appropriate. And to stay the high road is to bring God into the equation. And that's the only way. Because, yes, a person might be able to get by using their, their, their intuition, using some of their good sense. Of course, all that's from God, too. But ultimately, there's going to be many situations where it's going to be very difficult if we don't bring God into the picture. And that is what they did. And that is what allowed them and allows us to stay on the high road. So, Moshe is born eventually, and long story short, he somehow, miraculously, ends up growing up in not only, so Pharaoh tried to outsmart God, let's kill all the baby boys, Moshe ends up being saved and, and is found, but not another than Paro's daughter Basia, and she saves him from the water, and she raises him in Pharaoh's house so not only does Pharaoh not not be successful in killing uh, the, the leader he actually supports the leader in his own house so God has his ways um, um, paradoxical ways so now here you have a you know young man Moshe was not enslaved living the high life living a happy life but I guess at some point he finds out he's Jewish. And he hears what's going on in the other side of the country. And uh, he is not happy about it. And the verse says that he wanted to feel their pain. It says Moshe grew up, he went out, and he wanted to feel their pain. And that is is basically the first thing that the Torah tells us about Moshe. Perhaps, in in many senses, the greatest human being to ever live, certainly the greatest prophet to, to, to ever live, the first thing that we're told about Moshe is that he wanted to put his eyes and actively go and feel the pain of others. And... Not only did he go out and want to feel the macro pain, he wanted to feel the micro pain, which says he goes out and he sees one, he noticed the, one individual getting hurt and he goes and saves them. That is a sign of a true leader, a true leader, a total leader, cares about anyone and he cares about the individual, not just about all his politics and whatever it might be. Now, the story continues, so Moshe uh, clearly beca- he becomes a, a, a nuisance, and Pharaoh realizes that Moshe has got to be kicked out. He's got to get out of here, because he's going to cause a revolt, and it's not going to be good, and he takes, uh, he, tell- he kicks Moshe out. Tries to kill him, actually, Medrash says, miraculously saved. Runs away to the city of Midjan where he was to eventually find his wife. But when he comes there, he comes to the well, and he sees a bunch of young women, soon to be one of them his wife, and rest his sisters in law. He sees that they're being uh, harassed, and immediately he jumps in. He jumps in and he says, he, he, he shoes them off and uh, he, he, he helps them. Again, you know, a lot of times we're more inclined to help. Those who are uh, we're close to, we have connections to, and um, uh, and uh, we, you know, strangers. Sometimes, you know, well, we can be a little callous, or we cannot notice, and we see that that is not what Moshe did. Moshe did not not care about strangers. He, he took them, he took care of them as the saying, way he would, not strangers. To continue. so Moshe, basically, he, uh, he takes up uh, board, room and board in his future father-in-law's house, Yisrael. And he uh, gets a job, and he takes care of sheep, which is a common job we see amongst the Jewish leaders. David took care of sheep, Moshe took care of sheep. We see uh, the twelve tribes took care of sheep. It's a common practice, and I it, guess it—you it, know—it's a, a, a empathetic profession, merciful profession, a, a, a nurturing. And it says in chapter three, verse one, that he was shepherding the sheep, and he guided the sheep far into the wilderness. And Rashi says, because he wanted to be very far away from stealing because it would be hard to keep his sheep away from um the uh, other people's grass. And as we find with Abraham, Abraham didn't want his his animals to um to eat other people's grass. and but here you see the extent that he goes. What does he do? He goes all the way, far, far away, and sometimes we can tell ourselves, you know, we're in a situation, and, you know, well, what, what would God expect? Everyone would understand. But here you see, Moshe took himself out of the situation because it would be difficult. And often that is the best way to, to do what we have to do to, uh, to treat other people properly. Can't just be a victim of, of circumstances. Continuing along. There's just so much here, and this is just besides all the just the great lessons. There's this is the story. This is the story of Passover our our history. Great story. You gotta read it through. But in chapter four, verse one, so at this point, God already appeared to Moshe in the burning bush, and he's trying to talk to him about taking the Jewish people out. And Moshe says, When God tells him to go talk to the Jewish people, so he says. They will not believe me. They will not listen to me. They will doubt that God spoke to me. And we find that God holds Moshe accountable for this. It's considered, as the commentators say, to some degree, lush and horror, evil speech, not talking nicely, respectfully about other people. And the Chabad Shaim says, you know... He had reason to believe this. This was a very practical thing. He needed to you know, think about it. If someone shows up. These Jews are 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 complete, being completely um, seemingly forgot about by God for many, 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 many years, and all of a sudden, some some stranger shows up and says, "God spoke to me in the middle of the night." I mean, it, he, he has a good point. So the Chavetz Chaim, the great Chavetz points out that he says. It wasn't that he wasn't allowed to be practical and, and 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 reasonable. It was the way he said it. What did he say? He said, they will not believe me. They will not. And he sh- could have given them a little bit of credit. A lot of times we have to talk about something. say, look, I got to talk about it. I had to say something. I got to deal with this. But there's a way to deal with something in a respectful way. He didn't know for sure. He could have said, look, you know, maybe they won't listen to me. But to say conclusively, to make that judgment that they won't listen, that on on his level, Hashem expected, and and we're supposed to learn from it, that even when we have to practically sometimes deal with things and say uh, things that are are difficult, um, uh, we um, are expected to try to, you know, to look at things in the best possible way. Taking me along, at this point, Moshe has, you know, been forced slash accepted the role of the leader of the Jewish people, the person who's going to be the messenger of God, to take the Jews out, and to do the, the plagues, and to give us the Torah, and take us to Israel. And Moshe has a concern. He has a concern. He says, you know what? I have a brother who's older than me, who's also an incredible, incredible person. No, he would do a better job, says uh, the Torah. He says, you know, he gives all these reasons why uh, he should not be in charge. And we just see from here how, because he didn't want his brother to be jealous, he didn't want his brother to feel bad. And that's sometimes we can say, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just going about my business, and what do you want from me? And we learn from here that we have to be proactive and think about other people's feelings that they may, you know, you could say, well, you know, people just going to be jealous. Well, you see, the Torah is not like that. The Torah is teaching us the Suri that, um, you know, Moshe only went forward because God assured him that, don't worry, Aaron is very happy for you. He's very, very happy for you. And that leads to the next point. That's the appropriate way, that he, he, was, he was happy. And in fact, that we're taught that the famous, holy, bre- beautiful breastplate, the Choshen, that um, Aaron wore as the high priest, he, he got it in, in the merit of his being happy for his brother. And that's, really, that, that, that's the way to be happy in life. You know, we see other people. Sometimes we can get jealous, and that could make us be bitter or make us not happy with what we have. The best thing is someone something happens, you say, I'm happy for you, and it's not an easy thing. you got to work on it. But we see that this is the way to go. One last point. So, unfortunately, the Jewish people are, are in slave labor. And in chapter 5, verse 14... Um, it says that the, the, the Egyptians had set up Jewish, as unfortunately in the Holocaust did this as well, and other times the our, our, our oppressors, they set up Jews in the very horrible position of being in charge of the labor of other Jews. And what happened in Egypt was that the, fair, the uh, Egyptians gave quotas and they tasked the Jewish uh, people in charge to, to, to force, and really they wanted them to beat them. And what, what happened was the Jewish uh, slave, uh, Jewish uh, commandos were, were, were not going to do that. And they actually took the, the, they got beat up instead. And we learn from here what leaders are supposed to be. Leaders are supposed to be someone there to serve the people. Certainly not to take advantage, and on the contrary, to, to do whatever they can to to save and help people under their their guard. So we saw a lot, we heard a, a lot of uh, powerful practical ideas tonight. First was we learned from Job, why did Job have such a horrible life? Because he was quiet, and being quiet, even if it couldn't have done anything, certainly even he could have been something, but even he couldn't have been something, but the fact that he, he would have said something if he cared about what was this the, the suggestion to hurt the Jewish people. You learned from the Hasman that you got to bring God in the picture. You got to bring God in the picture if you want to be able to be successful. Many situations are just too hard, and they even the challenge of not killing babies would have been too hard if they wouldn't have brought God into the picture. We learn from Rashi that Moshe, the first thing we learn about Moshe is that he wanted to proact. It's one thing if like we see something that gives us pain. He wanted to go out. He had this desire to feel their pain. He went out of his way, and he cared for the Jews as a whole, and he cared for the individual. We saw that Moshe even cared and helped strangers. We saw that Moshe went; wasn't a victim of circumstance. And in order to make sure he wouldn't hurt other people's property, he proactively went far, far away into the desert. We saw from the Chavetz Chaim that we're expected that even if we have to be practical and talk negatively and 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 talk about things that are not fun about the people, we got to talk about it in the kindest way possible. Could say, you know what? Maybe they'll give me a hard time instead of saying they will give me a hard time. You saw that we have to try to not make others jealous. Even if we're doing something totally correct and appropriate, do whatever we can to make people not feel jealous. And on the contrary, we see other people have something good to be happy for them. And lastly, the, uh, the, we're all leaders, and an appropriate leader is someone who certainly does not take advantage of who those he's in charge of, but helps them. The wonderful Shabbos, this is a great, the beginning of the journey, of the story of the birth of the Jewish people.